0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra.
1: Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi. Your parents' well appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft. That greasy spoon just off the interstate in your cabin in the woods. We are continuing with Open Lines. Matt Landman, our scheduled guest, we'll try to get him back on. He was uh, to join us to talk about geoengineering and 5G. Uh, There's a lot happening in that regard right now. Harvard University uh, wants to literally launch a trial balloon in June of 2021 uh, to drop chalk dust, as they call it, into the atmosphere to, uh, to test the feasibility of reflecting the sun's rays back up into the stratosphere to forestall global warming. And uh, apparently Bill Gates, surprise, surprise, is one of the, uh, the individuals or people funding this. That's not a surprise, really. Uh, what is surprising is that they expect us to believe this. In 2021, they are expecting us to believe that only now are they going to start experimenting with the weather. After a major, major white paper by the Pentagon that was released, I think, about 30 years ago. I'll have to check the exact release of that. It was called Owning the Weather by 2025. They're already doing this and much more. Geoengineering. See, this is the strategy. You do something for 30, 40, 50 years, and then at some point you decide, okay, let's ask people or or let people know that we're doing it sort of through the back door. Well, we're thinking about doing it. And while we tried it, they've been doing it for a very long time. Is it to forestall global warming? I don't think so. Uh, So we can talk about that if you'd like. Uh, We can also talk about uh, the U.S. election. We can talk about uh, COVID. Now, here's something uh, interesting, or I would say curious, disturbing maybe even. Uh, So in Quebec – There's a curfew there. Absolutely unheard of. It's a stain on our democracy that the government would use this kind of power. So you have to stay in your house from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. Well, where would you be going after 8 p.m.? Seriously? If you're asking that question, you must have slept through civics class. You have no understanding about the, the basics of, of what it means to live in a free society. And, you know, when I talk like this and when I, I post on social media, uh, you, wouldn't imma- you can't imagine the pushback I get from people who will say things like, you love freedom too much. What are you, in some kind of freedom-loving cult? That's kind of disappointing in Canada a Western liberal democracy. That's the response I get. I love freedom too much. Safety first. I guess that's what should be in our constitution. Uh, Anyway, let's... um, Oh, so I was talking about the curfew in Quebec. Uh, Earlier today, I think it was around 206 ICU patients in the entire province. And I think it has since dropped down to 203... Out of 228 hospitals, all right? So there are 228 hospitals across the province. There are 203 people in um, occupying ICU beds. And, of course, we wish for a a full and speedy recovery for every one of those individuals. Now, here's uh, something kind of interesting I just dug up. This is in – it's it's a paper called Care in Canada ICUs. Care in Canada ICUs, and here is the executive summary, and this is from 2016. All right, 2016. And I won't bore you with, I can't read the entire abstract or the entire executive summary. I'm just going to give you a little snippet here. Uh, This is, in the executive summary, this is bullet point number three. Most ICU beds are in large or teaching facilities, where having enough ICU beds to meet the growing demand is a widespread challenge. On average, Large and teaching hospital ICUs operate, get, get ready for this, at about 90% capacity with periods of overcapacity, an equivalent to between 45 and 51 days in 2013-2014. So again, in 2013-2014, there were 51 days, or sorry, between 45 and 51 days where they were overcapacity. In other words they had more ICU patients than they had ICU beds. But on average large and teaching hospitals uh, large and teaching hospital ICUs operate at about 90% capacity. This is from 2016. So now we have 203 ICU patients in 228 hospitals. Carlos, you got an A in math. What is, what is that percentage? <laughs> Putting him on the spot. Get your calculator and get get back to me on that. So it's uh, 203 out of 228. It might be around 90%, I'm guessing. Anyway, that's average. No, No, it can't be. It can't be 75%. 203 out of 228? Try again. Yeah, 203 out of 228. If you got 203 out of 228 on a math test, what would be your grade? Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll check that again in a second. That doesn't seem right. Let's say it's around 90%. Okay? So that's average. And for this, they have instituted a curfew? My word, what is going on? But the models, the models. But what about the models? What about the
2: cases?
1: Dear Lord. Let's say hi to Ryan in Stovell.
2: Ryan, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm great, uh, Richard. I just want to say, being a long-time listener, even when I was li- living in Florida last year, I made sure that I tuned in every Sunday night. Can't miss the show. God bless you, sir. Yes. Um, I was going to talk about the... Uh, Twenty and back program mm-hmm. while you hear with like, you
1: know, like, R- uh, Ryan, I'm not sure what's happening with your phone. Are you on a cordless? Because you're cutting in and out.
2: Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, I'm, just... a... yeah, I'm in the cell phone. Okay,
1: so. just keep it. Uh, you know, normal. That's not a. It's not a great idea to keep the cell phone as close as possible to your your cranium. But <laughs> in this case, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> I usually talk on speaker. But okay. um, I know now. Like, yeah, I wanted to talk about the twenty and back program, but just hearing you talk about COVID and. Our lockdown, especially up here in Canada, on uh, what's going on in Quebec, it's just, it's so draconian. And as being a Christian, I find it's really hard in these times even to have any dialogue with anyone because we're just so fear based. And uh, hearing these numbers, it's just, you know, it, it's just, it, it's, it's not worth it. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. A lot of people I know right now who are going through terrible depression let alone, you know, which I can't go to my church, but I can go to the LCBO. It just just makes no sense, and it just seems like a bad nightmare we're living in. Um, But I just wanted to see if you know anything about the 20 and back program, of like the secret space program. Have you looked into that much at all? Uh,
1: The 20 and back, is this this like um, uh, Operation Moondust and that where uh, young people... Like uh, Randy Kramer, they're sent to yes. the moon and uh, their memories are wiped and they're trained on these lunar bases or in some on colonies on Mars, underneath Mars. And then when they come back 20 years later, their memories are erased. Yeah. So I've done shows on it. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I have to tell you, though, to me, it – who knows? But to me, it, it, uh, it strains credulity.
2: I I totally agree. I know it's it's got uh I was was the one lady earlier talking about going down the rabbit hole and the whole time travel thing. That's what kinda brought me towards uh you know, I've always found time travel fascinating. So then along, you know, my journey of uh research you get you hear some of those stories and it's just it's so far fetched now. Um you look at where we are in this current day and age in this model I have to say, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised more or less now that there there have been people that have, you know, peered into what is going on now and just like the way that the agenda is being written out for us because this is, you know, we, we always, we're not jokingly, but talking about 1984, we're in it. The fact that neighbours can, you know, call the police on other neighbours if there's too many cars at their house or just the the fact that human connection... I can't even shake a hand or I can't even go to my grandma and give her a hug anymore. And if I do, I'm considered a criminal. It's just wacky. So I just kind of want to leave it at that. It's just nice to talk to you and, uh, really appreciate everything you've done for, uh, not only this country, but for people who like to stay up late and who like to question the norm, especially as a Christian, I find it, uh, very, uh, very healthy conversation. So thank you. Well, thank
1: you, Ryan. Um, Don't despair. We can't do that. We know how the movie ends. We know uh, the good guys win in the end. There'll be dark days ahead, but we just have to, um, you know, continue to trust in the will of God. Uh, He's moving a lot of furniture around right now, and um, he's making an awful racket, and it's a little disconcerting, but we're all going to come out of this okay.
2: Uh, I I, I agree, and actually just the one last part, which which has been good. Is the fact that I think um you know a lot more people are are opening their bibles again and and you know with the the fact that churches are online, people are probably stumbling upon them uh listening to a lot more uh of the gospel than probably in, you know ever in the last few years i've I've got a lot of friends who you know, who grew up Christians, but then they, for whatever way, turn their back, and, and now they're starting to ask questions again. So let's just pray that everything is in, in his hands in the right way. Right. But thank you for your work.
1: Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. You, you mentioned 1984. I think a more apt um, literary allusion would be Brave New World. Uh, 1984 was sort of all about the, um, the jackboot. There's a little bit about that. There's a little bit about that. But uh, Brave New World was uh, – that's Aldous Huxley with uh, – that's where we had Soma, right? The, uh, this, this, uh, this drug that people were taking, like a mushroom. And, and um, to me, that feels like – that feels more like where we're at right now uh, because we're very comfortable in our homes, We've got our Netflix, Uh, we've got our Xboxes, we've got our recliners, the LCBOs are open, Uh, the um, people can buy their marijuana. It's interesting that, you know, that's Trudeau's one piece of legacy legislation and even that, of course, he botched. Uh, Only the government could find a way to lose money selling marijuana. Anyway, that's another show. But he made sure that, we, that he rushed that through. And um, so we've got our drugs, we've got our booze, we've got our idiot boxes. That's kind of like Soma. We're living in a fur-lined trap. We're living in a well-appointed cage. And most of us, unfortunately, are totally fine with that. Uh, Let's say hi to uh, Gene in Scarborough. Hey, Gene, welcome. How are you? Happy
3: New Year. Happy New Year, Richard. Uh, Great show, always is, but uh, keep shouting it from the rooftops. Yeah, I wanted to comment with all the restrictions and worldwide, and now they're talking curfews, yet the numbers keep increasing. I'd like to know your comment on that. And also, I'd like to especially in America because America has to if they've got a world plan fall first are they playing both ends against the middle the old caesar divide and conquer
1: All right so first with the numbers and that's all we get are the cases right
4: mm-hmm. and it's
1: it it annoys me to no end it, it, in fact it's beyond annoying it just it it's exacerbating now uh, or exasperating rather is the word exasperating when i hear these bingo callers on the news recite these case numbers as if they have any meaning and these numbers are the justification for these authoritative overreach uh, measures what do what do these case numbers mean what is the context we don't get that do we a case number does not mean an infection for the millionth time it means a positive test and 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 uh, that Positive test could be a false positive. What is exactly. the false positive rate on these tests? Well, it depends on how you know the the, the, the sample is is dealt with, right? The um, anyway, it could be is it is it forty percent? Is it fifty percent? Is it ninety percent? If we don't well, know now,
3: they even they're saying the quick test won't be accepted at the airports.
1: Right. So these false positives—that's number one. So we have to know that. Number two. Um, a false, or even a positive case, doesn't necessarily mean an infection. So if if you're asymptomatic, it's not likely, and it's beyond rare that you're going to spread the disease. But if you have a positive test, okay. So let's let's um, manage risk, and maybe that you know that person person should quarantine. Okay, but but to say that. The number of cases are growing and growing and growing, and therefore we must, you know, we must uh, bring about a a curfew or a a lockdown or or keep people from their places of worship or prevent dying patients from seeing their loved ones. This is beyond the pale. It's egregious. It's madness. And yet, all we hear every day at nauseum is case numbers. Totally meaningless. Totally meaningless. 203 ICU patients across 228 hospitals, which is
3: average. Yeah, and that'd be about 88%,
1: I it's, think. It's 88%, thank you. 90% on average is the capacity of ICU beds in Quebec. And for this, they are putting people under curfew. This is a blight, a stain on our democracy.
3: I don't know exactly what it is. At first, I believed the whole thing, okay. But I listen to your show, I listen to Coast to Coast, and I think. And in my opinion, they're preparing us for something else coming down the pipe. Would you think just that's a, this is just the the trial run to get us used to it? But I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe. An economic collapse, uh, I don't really know. I'm just speculating there. But my last comment, uh, what do you think about the old playing both ends against the middle? You know what I mean? Like Trump, okay, he's got his supporters, and I understand people. As you said, most of them are great people. And in, in democracy, we, that's part of the thing. We agree to disagree. But they're playing both ends against the middle to get their way, to get us both fighting no question. Okay.
1: I no question that that's going on as well. Um, and and the Communist Chinese are sitting back and loving every minute of it. And uh, there is um, an enormous amount of Communist Chinese Party infiltration into Canada and the United States. I'm not talking about the, the, the Chinese people.
3: No, you're absolutely right. I'm talking
1: about Communist <clears throat> Chinese Party officials.
3: And, uh, they were just trying to buy a gold mine up in Nunavut, but they were stopped.
1: Yes, finally, some common sense from our boy king. Um, they have, they have, they have made their intentions very, very obvious and transparent. They have, they have declared war against the West. Why don't yes. we take them at their word?
3: Well, I guess the ones at the top, uh, Greed's got the best of them, I, 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 for lack of a better answer. Anyways, I'll let the next caller come, and keep rolling, brother, keep rolling. Gene, thank you so much. Happy New Year. You uh, too. All right, let's say hi to Bill in Cleveland. Bill,
1: how are you, my friend?
5: How are you, Richard?
1: Great. Well, I love your city. I love what you've done to your you. downtown.
5: Thank you. We get knocked a lot. You know, it's like, you know, what's the old adage, um is the nice people to live above the biker bar.
1: Um, <laughs> you, know, you know what it is; those people haven't been to Cleveland in 45 years. Cleveland, I, we should do in Toronto what you've done. You have the like a, a, this incredibly beautiful theater district. You have ma- you have preserved your architectural heritage. Uh, and someone was saying, uh, I, I was talking to my good friend down there. We uh, when I went down to Cleveland a couple of years ago, we met mm-hmm. uh, for a beer, Jim Harold. Uh, one of the pioneers in podcasting the paranormal podcast jim is from cleveland and he said he looked he said you see this this is lebron james he said this all happened because of lebron james
5: now i don't know if that's true but mm, a lot of it had but i mean lebron was a big part of it yeah. i mean i disagree with lebron on about everything but god bless him he brought us a championship for once but right. um but his politics are you know way out there i agree but um they, i think <laughs> I think he got to state it. I mean, he knows more about basketball than you know. I I could learn and forget or whatever. But <laughs> um, any, but you know what the thing is is, is Richard. You're right. The numbers are, are skewed on everything. Like the uh, COVID nineteen, the election. I mean, this election. Any, you know, I I just saw a tape on uh, you know YouTube or one of these things before the internet. Biden on Halloween was saying. I don't need your vote. Now, he's a politician. <laughs> yes, I, I heard he that, said, too. I don't need your vote. I need you after the vote. Yeah. Now, it's kind of like you're a politician saying, I don't care if you vote for me or not. Now, the four days before an election, wouldn't you be hustling? You know, you had Trump at the rallies in the whole nine yards. It's like, wouldn't you be pounding that out? Like, you come and vote for me and stuff. He could have cared less. And for the whole six months, he's just sitting around. And he, I, I mean, all right, we have this. This riot at the Capitol, it was blown up in 1971. They blew up a couple of rooms, of rubber underground. But, and they actually, Obama released her. But um, Trump requested National Guard be present at both the rally and the Capitol building. Yes. And a D.C. mayor named Muriel Bowser yes. said absolutely not. Now, you know, I mean, it's like even if you know, Trump put people aren't rowdy, you know, I mean, if there was three million Antifa there, we could figure that out. Like, but uh, you know that you, when you have that Oh,
1: uh, Bill, pardon the interruption. I just, I'm just i late for a break. Hold on. I'll, I want to keep talking to you. We'll uh, take a quick time out and come back. More of The Conspiracy Show on the other side.
3: Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett.
1: And uh you can follow me, I was going to say on Twitter, okay, fine. uh I'm kind of winding that down. uh They're knocking off about a thousand of my listen- or, uh, of my followers, and that's fine. Badge of honor. I'm on Twitter at Richard Serrett, but you can also i'm I'm moving over to or I have moved over to parlor and I'll be posting there more regularly, except who knows what's happening with parlor. Amazon has now shut that down, Apple, of course has shut their app down, which is interesting. Someone on Twitter, uh, I think it's Ashley St. Clair, who is a conservative influencer who I follow and admire, and she made a very interesting point about our friends at Apple. Do you remember the, uh, the San Bernardino shooter, the radical Muslim terrorist who shot and killed, I'm not sure how many people uh, it was. It was too many, obviously. One is too many, but it was a mass shooting. Do you remember when Apple refused... Apple refused to unlock his phone. Think about that. I mean, it's one thing to read it in a tweet, but now I'm saying it out loud. As I'm saying it out loud, I can't believe it. Apple refused to unlock this shooter's phone for authorities, and yet, all on their own, they've simply decided to shut down Parler because they don't like their opinions. They have the wrong opinions. This is where we're headed. The digital version of the Red Terror following the Bolshevik Revolution. All right. Uh, okay, so maybe that was a little hyperbolic. But who knows? I mean, all bets are off at this point, really. They are out for revenge. If you're a conservative, if you're a Christian or a conservative religious person, keep your head down. Go about your business and keep your head down. Uh, Bill uh, stays with us. Thank you for holding on to the break, uh,
5: Bill, in Cleveland. Boy, Richard, you're right. You know, you you hear these terms of cleansing, you know, and lists. They're making lists of Trump supporters. There's going to be cleansing of them. All this is pretty frightening. This technology... These people that run this thing have gotten way out of hand. And you've got to break out some antitrust stuff and bust this up. Because this is getting really bad. I mean, they're yanking people off for nothing. And it's, it's, it's scary. It's, it's a frightening time. And you have, you know, and Trump wanted to, it weren't an, it, well, for one thing, we're in an AI war with China. And whoever wins that is, you know, it's like, good night, Irene, to the other side. And then you have to take that seriously. We have a grid that has to be reinforced because if somebody pulls the plug on this whole Magilla, we're all sunk. And it's 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 a frightening time. Joe Biden, uh, you know, I I mean, he's the most popular politician ever. I mean, he got more eighty he, he million votes. He, he slaughtered Obama in the vote count. Yeah, who I mean, knew? Like,
1: who knew, Bill? It was the charismatic <laughs> yeah. Joe Biden who dragged. Uh, Joe, Barack Obama across the finish line in two thousand and eight, yeah, and then again in two thousand and twelve.
5: Who knew? Without, without Joe's help, <laughs> no. It, and when you see all this corruption, I think, I think Canada probably needs a new political party. We definitely do because they're both corrupt. You know, and it, I mean the Democrats, I think, are much worse. But I think you know the Republicans are just are spineless. They won't stand up for it. or they are involved in it too? And it's it's a it's a shame, but we're going to lose our country, and you guys eventually will lose yours.
1: Well, I think actually we're about maybe ten years ahead of you. We we have one we have basically one party now. They all march in lockstep. Our, our supposed conservative party up here, not one of them dares speak out about the lockdown. They try to t- talk tough about China, uh, but they, I mean, the opposition leader, you know, essentially wanted to invoke the War Measures Act over COVID. Uh, so, My God! There, there, there is not a lick of difference. Uh,
5: I know between them. I mean, Richard. I know two people that they nailed as COVID. They, they put them down. Now, the one woman had a stone cold heart attack in the kitchen. They told her husband, who is a broke guy, the guy has no money, that we're going to pay for. You don't you don't have to worry about the bill or anything. We're going to write you down as a COVID. He's in a crock in a hard place. He knows he can't. And he said, "Okay." So that's one. Bologna, and the other guy i know and he was a disabled dude you know what he wasn't a vet he got hurt like a big machine or something but anyways he had all kinds of spikes in his back and everything and he was eating vicomit and he died of just eating too much he was eating like six an hour instead of one every six hours so and he was the nicest guy in the world but he was really in pain he wasn't doing it to get loaded right so they marked him down as a covid too so uh, right there, I know two people, and you, you know all those people that were put in that nursing home. We had a big ship out in New York and a big hospital there. You didn't put anybody there. We put them in the nursing home. It's kind of like little Joey's got the plague. Let's send them into the nursery school. Right. That was a stroke of genius.
1: Yeah, there's no yeah, uh, question yeah. that they are gaming the numbers. There is no question. Uh, and, and they just announced that uh, in, um, was it British Columbia and maybe across the country, but I definitely believe it was in British Columbia and Alberta, but again, maybe across the country. They admitted that they are including uh, suicides. People who tested positive for COVID and then committed suicide, they are including them in the COVID numbers.
5: Well, I think they, they, every time they do a test on somebody, it's like, let's say, you know, little Jane has, it has COVID. And then they're going to test her the next day and add, add that on because she's, like, still positive. Well, they've incentivized the it,
1: certainly in the U.S. I don't know how they did it up here, but they've incentivized it in the U.S. Oh. Uh, where, uh, you know, a Medicare, a Medicare will pay $4,000 for a hospital admission, but if they have COVID, it's 13000 And if they put them on a ventilator, it's, what is it, 39000
5: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It, it, it's like uh, they get a fortune for this. Well, they're losing money in other revenue, you know, the kidney, diet, whatever it is, the hearts and the this and the that. They're losing money on other operations and stuff, but they are making money on that. But the thing is, is, you're like one of your last callers, I think it might have been your last caller, what is the end game to all this? I mean, what do they really want? What do they want to do? They want to control us, we know all that. And maybe they want to crush the economy, they're doing that. They want little guys out. I mean, you can sell your flowers at Walmart, but not little Bobby's flowers stand next door. So what is the end game to these people? Well, I mean... uh
1: we're We're hearing a lot about the great reset and it's a little vague and kind of fuzzy around the edges, but I think that's part of it uh that they have decided to 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 use and again let me be emphatic here I'm not saying that 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 covid nineteen is not real uh it's a virus it is killing right. p- people mainly the elderly with multiple comorbidities and that's a tragedy and we need we need to protect those people I'm not saying it's not real but it is a it is providing convenient cover, and even our prime minister has, has has talked about this. It's a wonderful window of opportunity to do this, 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 and the other thing. Oh so yeah, that's what we need to look at—not
5: the COVID necessarily,
1: but the this, 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 and the other thing.
5: And yeah, we, you're locking down a, a healthy population instead of the opposite. Instead of saying, "Okay, you know, Aunt Myrtle's sick. We're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on her. And we're gonna put her there, but you go out and do your thing." They're locking down healthy people. And that's, I mean, I have, like, grandchildren, and they can't, you know, they're going to get to the point where these little kids can't read faces. This is all mental stuff. Before you're six years old, you're, you're living in fear. It's, it's, it's abhorrent. It
1: it's is, it is a, a calamitous mistake that is being made. But it is the, the worst policy decision in this country's history. There must be a reckoning after. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about uh you know um, uh, uh what am, what am I trying to say here I'm not talking about you know blood in the streets I'm not talking right, about no, vengeance wants
5: I'm not talking you know, about
1: what? that I'm talking about whether I'm talking about uh thorough investigation I'm talking about uh possible punitive uh, you know damages being awarded I am talking about the end of political careers I am talking about a reckoning. This is a calamity. And oh, this totally. province, for, for example, for in Ontario, with... is being run by maybe 30 uh, public health officials. We, we, there's no transparency. We don't really know who these people are. They are, they are essentially ru- running this pro- province by edict. And we have our premier who, who is scared and he's confused and he's it's the fog of war. He's just basically handed over responsibility for running this province to them. And we don't know who they are. And they are unelected, and they are unaccountable, and that's not how a Western democracy works. Uh, Bill, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, Let's see. We have to run. We'll uh, take another quick timeout. We'll get to uh, Sheldon in Medicine Hat, Skip in Connecticut, and uh, Stephen here in Toronto. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Welcome back. Just a reminder, next week on the program, God willing, (laughs) Vincent Gerses is a retired senior OPP constable and a founder of We Stand on Guard for Thee. And I'm not sure how big this organization is, but it seems to be growing and more and more retired and some active police officers. And I would imagine that those active police officers have to kind of keep this on the lowdown because – you know, there are careers at stake here, but more and more police officials are speaking out, just like in the medical community. More and more medical doctors are speaking out about this madness, and now more and more police officers are also. And this is encouraging. I'm a huge supporter of the police, but what I worry about is if they continue to carry the water for our inept politicians that are enacting appallingly bad policies. If they are the enforcement for these bad policies without using discretion – and using discretion requires a modicum of intelligence, and most police officers have that – they're going to lose – just like as the government will lose the consent of the governed, which is not a place you want to be at. But if they continue to do this, that could happen. You know what the approval rating is for politicians, right? It's, it's way down there with the mainstream media. People have lost faith, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. I don't want the police. I mean, that's one institution we continue, and the military, we continue to have a great deal of faith and admiration, and and I hope that continues. But they need to wake up and do some serious reflection about where we're heading with this. Going after people because they're tobogganing? You can skate on the ice, but you can't have a hockey stick? Folks, what is this, a Monty Python sketch? I mean, seriously. So anyway, next week, Vincent Gursi's I believe a courageous and principled individual uh, will be here on the program. And let's say hi to uh, Sarah in Oakville. Sarah, welcome and Happy New Year.
4: Hi, Richard. Happy New Year. Okay, I've got two things. Uh, the first thing, I was in a hospital waiting room. This is maybe three, four years ago. There was a shift change and staff were putting on their coats and they are saying their goodbyes and they were leaving. Then there was an announcement over the intercoms it was attention all staff in all departments, code, something or other. Then all the staff that just left a minute ago were all coming back, disappointed to be coming back. When I went for my appointment, I asked what that code was all about, and she said there were too many people in the emergency department with the flu. So all the departments had to discharge as many patients as possible to make room for the flu patients. So they weren't shutting down all surgeries, you know how they are, they're doing now. right. There was none of that. So this is like a standard thing where there's too many people in the hospital with the flu. Sure. So it's happened in the past, and they had a procedure. You just asked the departments to discharge patients that don't have to be in the hospital.
1: Right, right. The other thing is excessive deaths. We're not seeing that either. No. We're not seeing excessive deaths, which is curious. What to make of that? I'm not a statistician or an epidemiologist or virologist or any of those things. But when I see that, you know, it goes up, it goes down, and some of the the variances can be accounted for, for rises in population and so forth. And we're in that pocket of a normal year. We're in that pocket. No excess deaths. That, to me, is curious. That, to me, should require or would behoove... There's an old word my grandmother used to use. No one uses that anymore. Behoove. I'm bringing it back. It would behoove journalists to ask that question at the next press conference. What about the fact there are no excess deaths?
4: The other thing is when I was in that hospital waiting room, as soon as she told me the emergency department had too many people with the flu, I actually knew people at that time that either had the flu or knew someone that had the flu. This time I know nobody that had COVID, and I have a neighbor that moved back to Italy. She's in one of the towns that got closed off with the military monitoring who goes in and out of the town, and you can't leave without paperwork thing, why you're leaving. She doesn't know anyone that died of COVID or had COVID, and their town was shut down because there were so many COVID deaths. But she doesn't know anyone either that's had it.
1: Yeah, that's an anomaly, and that's anecdotal. And again, I don't know what that means, but I would echo that. I know one person, and this is a, a lifelong friend of my mother's, who is 95, who tested positive, but came through it fine. I mean, she has other, obviously, other health issues at that age. That's the only person I know in my circle of friends and acquaintances that has tested positive for COVID. That's it. What does that mean? I don't know. Do with that what you will.
4: I don't know anyone that knows anyone that's had COVID. Interesting. Yeah. The the other thing I wanted to say, I still think Trump is going to do something before Inauguration Day. I think he's going to play a Trump card, so to speak. Hmm. I don't know what, but I think there's going to be something there because... Nancy Pelosi and company want him out so badly, and I don't know why they don't just leave it.
1: You're right. That's very curious. They're in a mad rush to either have the 25th Amendment invoked, which says he's not stable enough to be president, or they want to impeach him again, which I'm told could preclude him from running again. I don't know if that's true, but the other thing is I've heard that too. I think we need to maybe (laughs) reconcile ourselves to uh, six to nine months of Joe Biden and then two and a half plus years of President Kamala Harris. Lord knows Joe Biden has called it the the Harris administration enough times, so (laughs) he must know what's coming.
4: I don't think either one of those is good, but.
1: All right, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Great to hear from you. you. All right, back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. I don't think there's anything that I'm saying that is that controversial or radioactive. I'm just saying, you know, let's ask some basic questions. So the ICU occupancy or the ICU capacity in Quebec is around 88%. I read from a, a, a document that said on average on average, and this was from 2016, ICU capacity in Quebec hospitals is 90%. So they're a tad below average. And for this, the people of Quebec have been placed under a curfew. Just asking a question, folks. While we're still allowed to do that, just asking questions about the constant drumbeat of case numbers with no context. Just asking a question. I don't, I'd also be curious. I went for a walk this evening before the show with the, the Mighty Aphrodite, and she you know she's always right on the money. She cuts through everything and she she goes right to the core of an issue and she asks the most obvious question that somehow never gets asked: Who are these people being tested? Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Are healthy people going to be tested? Who's lining up if you're healthy? Who has time to line up? If you're healthy and get tested, why would you do that? I'd just be curious to know. Where are they getting these numbers? From? And again, the context, we're not getting that. How many of these tests, these cases that we're so worried about, that we're shutting the province down, that we're ruining millions of lives, that we're jeopardizing the the mental health, that we're we're condemning the elderly to the remaining years in, in isolation? It's sick. This is not what a, what a healthy society does to its people. I'm just asking basic questions about the data. I want to go to the, uh, the live chat. A couple of questions here. George asks, how do you think your fellow Ontarians will react to a curfew? That's an easy one, George. Sadly, the answer is they will lie down and take it. Three bags full, sir. Have you any more? Uh, D Silver asks, "Do you think the masses, the masses, the great unwashed, do you think the masses will rise up and rebel against social media companies?" Well, how does one rebel in a digital age? It's hardly you know the shot heard round the world, is it? This is it's hardly 1776 to uh, to say I'm quitting Twitter and I'm moving to Gab.com. But there will be that. We're seeing that. How many? I think it'll be in the millions I but will Twitter care I don't know um, that is yet to be seen what is more important is whether a parlor and they said that they are they are going to go after Twitter but they are my gosh they have more money than God they have they have such deep pockets and they have a complicit media and they have uh, both parties in the United States in their hip pocket I don't I don't know what can be done at this point. Hopefully, enough people will vote with their feet, and they will move to these other. But then Apple will shut them down, and Amazon they'll they'll build their own servers. I guess uh, it could be interesting. It could be interesting to watch. Uh, I I hope there is an uprising. But here in Ontario, no, we will we'll lie down and we'll take it. Peace, order, and good government. We do as we're told. Uh, all right. Let's say hi to um, Sheldon. Is in Medicine Hat. Hey, Sheldon, welcome.
0: Hello, Richard. How are you? Got a fantastic show today. Um, The few occasions that uh, your guests go offline, I think you have the best shows, and this is the best show of twenty twenty one.
1: Thank you. Thank (laughs) you.
0: Um, I uh, I have a son that uh, I was watching uh, the news with on Thursday. And uh, he made some interesting comments. My my son is um, diagnosed with autism, but he's super smart. And his autistic obsession is cartooning. And uh, he told me that um, in light of the events that were going on online, he said that it is amazingly coincidental. He said that uh, Stephen Pastis, the writer, uh, the cartoonist behind Pearls Before Swine, had had to publish... Um, uh, an announcement that the theme for the next week is coincidentally going to be on impeachment. And uh, the character playing the president, um, it was purely coincidence that the entire theme is going to be on impeachment. And my son said that um, what was really bizarre, like we were watching the scenes in the U.S. Senate where this strange uh, QAnon shaman named uh, Jake Angeli was sitting on the seat in the the speaker's chair in the I think it's the Senate chamber. Yes. And I said to my son, "This is this is a psyop. There there is no way that this character, being as offensive as it would be to so many people, um, could be sitting in this chair." And not raising alarm bells across the country, like rankly offending, you know, judges and and rankly offending so many of the American population, without this being a psyop. And then my son told me, he said, "Oh, that's Groundskeeper Willie off The Simpsons." <laughs> and then I said, well, what, do you, "What do you mean by that?" He said that this was just played in an episode just recently, where 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 uh, Groundskeeper Willie was standing on top of a pedestal in front of the Springfield Capitol along with the Simpson family, and he said it played out um, in an episode uh, around thanks, Sorry, around uh, Halloween. And the episode was in October 20, uh, October 2020, Treehouse Horror 31, Season 32, Episode 4. And uh, this entire show, it was premised upon uh, Homer attempting to cast his ballot in the 2020 election, uh, he was undecided, but then Lisa reminds him of all the things that President Donald Trump, all the controversies that he had been involved with, and Homer decides to cast his ballot, but then we see that it was a dream sequence, and Marge scolded Homer for sleeping in all day and not voting, and Homer responded, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then the rest of the episode is a dystopian view of Springfield, hmm. shown afterwards where it's being attacked by um, uh, monsters and, and uh, these uh, shooting uh, creatures. I don't know how to describe them, but uh, the entire city is in ruins after these shooting um, uh, creatures uh, destroy the city.
1: Another example and, of predictive programming. You know, well, c- yes,
0: and that's yeah. exactly what I thought. If you have a chance to go back and, and to take a look at this particular episode, it's up all over um, YouTube, where you have robots and lava pouring up from the ground, and the majority of the population is running around um, um, in a strange type of uh, of atmosphere, wearing masks, and um, it's actually quite frightening when I looked at this episode, noting all the similarities. But, you know, the, the strange thing for me is that it, it just doesn't seem right that this character with horns somehow appears, you know, in the middle of all this mayhem. And it, it just seems like this whole thing is fiction. And I don't understand it, you know. I don't understand how this whole event came to be. Well, these,
1: these people came... I mean, I know that the Trump's speech... It, it stoked some passion. But I've listened to the speech. I've gone over the transcript. There's nothing in there that was an incite to riot. Uh, in fact, the people that, that were storming Capitol Hill, they came prepared. They had walkie-talkies. They had hammers to break glass. They had equipment and ropes to scale walls. These were professional rioters. Uh they weren't. They didn't show up at the rally, hear Trump's words, and then decide. You know, we're going to storm the Capitol. They had made that decision on the plane or the bus ride when they got there. And I'm not saying that there weren't some Trump supporters in there. Absolutely, they were, and they. they I hope they all rot in jail. Left, right, center, I don't care. Uh, but you know, I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I. I don't hear an incite to riot in Trump's words. And if people want to correct me on that and challenge me on it, so be it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. All right, I want to uh, quickly, quickly work in uh, Skip in Connecticut with a final word. Skip, hey, how are you? Happy New Year.
3: Yeah, I did hear that uh, one of the wrinkles with the voting thing was that uh, somebody in Italy confessed to doing some work on the computer to skew the voting results. Yes, that it was run out of an embassy. And was linked in... to Obama. And uh, that uh, Obama apparently the story goes, was kicked back on the initial money drop of billions to Iran, was kicked back $400 million, uh, which she kept in overseas accounts. Now, this is the first I've heard of this stuff, but what apparently happens is these politicians give money to, say, Afghanistan, uh, was the next one up on the playing field, and money gets kicked back from that to these politicians and yeah. offshore accounts.
1: Skip, I'm sorry I didn't get you on uh, earlier to talk about it. I, I will dedicate part of a show about that. I'm, I'm seeing the same reports that it was run out of an emb- U.S. embassy in Rome, that someone from this defense contractor, Leonardo, was uh, using cyber warfare to flip boat, votes. But it wasn't just Italy. Uh, there was a, an affidavit sworn out. Who knows where this will go, whether it will see the light of day. Anyway, thanks. Back next week, Carlos and uh, Ryan. Thank you. And um, God willing, I'll be here. Good night.